Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Embracing the Gray with Vic and Kels, where we are here to challenge the all or nothing thinking when it comes to all things food, body, and mindset. So excited to have you guys here. And today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic that is near and dear to our hearts. And that is the idea of food scarcity. Take it away, Miss Vic. Yeah, so we, I, well, I was thinking honestly about what was like one of the things that, one of the biggest things that has healed my relationship with food. And it comes down to trust with my body, trust with my mind, all of the things. And that trust was often compromised because of restrictive tendencies. Um, and then like swinging the pendulum the opposite way, then binge eating and all of the lovely things. And it really, when I really thought about it, and if you're, if you've ever been in therapy, oh gosh, um, they'll just, you know, they're always like, well, why and why? And well, what made you feel that way? And like, let's deep dive into the depths of your past or whatever. But the reality is, is that a lot of my food behaviors and I guess mindset around food was just always like that scarcity mentality that it was it was either I'm going to have this right now, or it's never, it, this is never going to happen again. A donut experience will never happen again. Um, ice cream, gosh, that happens all the time now, right? Like those types of things were really kind of at the root of the behaviors that happened a lot later on. So I just want to deep dive into that. I also know that this, I could probably talk about this forever. Cause there's, I mean, we could both talk about it forever. There's so many different aspects to it. Um, so yeah. What are your initial thoughts? When I think of food scarcity, one of the biggest like kind of stories that come up for me, like personally was my, I have like, I call it the cake story. I know yours was a lot. You talk about ice cream a lot. Mine was cake. Um, like I've definitely struggled. There was like a time for my, my birthday where I had a whole bunch of my, my really close friends and roommates who gave me um, birthday cakes as like a present, which would have been really, really nice. But I just said, you know, I decided to give myself one slice of cake and then I was like, oh man, well now like, you know, I, I broke it, my rules or I've been bad, or this is the only day I can have cake because this is my birthday. And so then I ended up, I seriously, I had like four cakes, like these little bunt cakes. And then there was a Chantilly cake. Like I remember it so clearly because I kept trying to like put it in the freezer or eventually tried throwing it away and just couldn't control myself. And so that was one incident. And then the one that really stands out to me too was I was an Orange Theory coach. And there was this one time where the studio was celebrating their one year anniversary and a lovely member decided to bring in this ginormous sheet cake with like a picture of the whole team, um, you know, in icing on top. And, you know, of course that was a really nice gesture, but for me, like so I allowed myself to have a slice of cake with everyone else in the break room, right? We're all celebrating. But then because I had like, it was no longer a good day or because I had quote unquote messed up, then I ended up like being back to the break room in between my classes. So I would teach a class and then I'd go up to the break room and I was sneaking a slice of cake and then I'd go back and teach. But then it like, it didn't stop there. I would, I drove all the way home from after my shift. And I was like, oh man, I still want more cake. So I, I made up excuses to drive all the way back 
you know, from home back to work to sneak back into the break room to keep eating this cake. It happened two times where I went from home back to work to eat another slice of cake. And obviously I'm not eating it in front of everybody. I'm sneak eating it. I'm like, you know, you know, taking a finger licking of, of icing or whatever else. And the reason I talk about this story, especially when we're talking about um, scarcity with food is someone in the right mindset would have logically been like, Kels, if you really want a piece of cake, just go freaking to a grocery store. Like, you know, go to a grocery store and get a piece of cake. But no, I felt like I, this was my only opportunity to get cake for some reason. It felt like I had created so much scarcity that this was my only opportunity to have cake. And it was because I had this rule that if I bought it, then that, that's unhealthy, that's bad. And um, yeah, so that's what brings up for me. What is a personal story for you? Um. So I don't have anything that like stands out like the cake story, but I definitely, so I've been, I obviously like through therapy and stuff and in treatment, like this was something that I have been working towards for years. Like, Mm -hmm. so I tried to, you know, nail down, like when I first started therapy, it was probably, it was in like the beginning of 2019 and I couldn't even like talk about the foods I would binge on. Oh. I couldn't even like say it out loud. She's and I, I would, she would say like, well, what are the foods? And I'm like, I can't talk about it. Like I, there was like that much shame attached to it that, and what's weird is like, it wasn't ice cream. Like it wasn't, it was like chips and, you know, different things like that, but it wasn't ice cream. I don't know. I have this newfound love for ice cream, but, um, it, I was, I, I couldn't even like tell it to myself, let alone keep it in the house. Like if I wasn't able to verbalize it, how in the heck would I be able to put it on the shelf in my pantry? Um, but throughout different like treatment center type things and, and experiences with different dietitians, like the, all they would say is like, just, just, this is your challenge. Just buy one of your binge foods. So like mine was ruffles. Oh my gosh. These ruffles queso chips and like, totally don't care if they're in my house. Now I don't necessarily like buy them anymore. Cause if I actually like sit and I chew them, I'm like, these just taste like chemicals and that's just not me right now like I don't enjoy that um but they would just say you know keep it in the house and like put it on the shelf in the pantry and like I would just be thinking about the shelf in the pantry thinking about the shelf in the pantry and then I would binge and I would go back and be like see this didn't work like this didn't work this this doesn't work and they're like no that's fine like the fact that you're overeating and binging is proof that you have a scarcity mindset when it comes to this food Mm-hmm. It is proof that you are restricting. It is proof. This is all like supposed to happen. And so I thought I was doing it all wrong, right? Kind of going back to last week's episode, I was doing it wrong, right? Having right. A house, overeating on it, binging on it. Um, but this, I wish that I would have known, like, this is just part of the process. Mm. And so, and then, you know, it would, it would just be like, I would put it on the shelf, buy it and maybe eat some on the way home mm-hmm. put it on the shelf. And it would stay a little bit longer. I was like, huh, okay, weird. That's weird. Okay. Um, and it was just like this like weird overtime thing. I wish that I would have known that this was just going to be a process. Like it wasn't going to be like, I just have unconditional, you know, permission with food and it was just all going to happen at once. Um, but now looking back, I can just see like that, I guess, progression and that trust that I was like, yeah, if I want ice cream, like there's a few flavors of ice cream I could choose from. There's different types of chips in the, the pantry, if I want them, 
mm-hmm. I don't need them. If I don't like, I, if I don't want them, I don't have to have them and that's okay. Um, so I guess it wasn't necessarily like a cake story, but it was definitely just that like progression of the trust, like with the food, I guess. And then also with myself. Um, and then also in treatment, one of the things that they, one of the like big things for binge eating disorder is, um, exposure therapy. So like mm-hmm. you do like a five minute exercise with one food mm-hmm. and it's like a very in-depth verbal, like processing type thing that you have to do. And it's like, I remember literally Kels looking at an Oreo and crying. Oh, yeah. Like I couldn't, so you had to like, hold it in your hand, feel it. It, it was this whole like sensory thing, but like feel it, take a bite of it you know, and then the last part was that you had to leave. You couldn't eat it all. Oh, that's interesting. It was like the, this was the, like the hardest part, but that makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense. And I didn't understand it. Like I, I haven't even really thought about it since then. Like the last part was like, you could not eat it all. You had to leave food on the plate and, and like leaving an Oreo, like Oreos were my thing leaving an Oreo on the plate, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I'm still hungry. Like we do it after we eat. So all the exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just so mad and people would get so mad. Cause we're just like, really, this is so stupid. Like it's not going to work. Um, but I can see over time, just that practice of leaving food on the plate. It's, it's so many it with the girls. It is. Well, and it, it kind of comes down to like, I would say it's a bit of a process. So we have, there's a particular exercise that we have in our rediscover you free program that talks about like making peace with food. And it is like first making a list of all of your quote unquote fear foods. I used to call them no stop foods because um, in my mind, I just couldn't stop. Like the moment I let myself have one of them, like I And this is where people like, I'm addicted to sugar. I'm addicted. I'm like, are you really addicted? Or have you just spent so long restricting it that there's, you know, that there's nothing you can do or or where it, where it feels like there's scarcity around it. So, and like you said, once you have that list, then we start with the least scary food first, right? The one where you feel like you almost have a little bit more control. We choose that food first, and then we, we expose you to it, right? We make sure that you have you do buy it, you do bring it into the house, right? And you allow yourself to have it. Now, we make sure that you allow yourself to have it when you're feeling most in your power, right? When, like you said, after a meal, when you have felt, when you feel fed, this is not an experiment to do when you haven't been eating all day and you're coming home and you're stressed out from work. You're and on like just want- <laughs> 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. You just worked a 12 hour shift. Let's do exposure therapy. No, that's, that's not the point, right? The whole point is to do it when you're feeling really in your power, when you're feeling really, really good. I remember one of our clients, like when she first started this, it was a like a Safeway muffin, right? And she was just like, she couldn't do one, like sugary cereal was a big one. That was a super, super scary one for her, but she could start with this Safeway muffin. And so she remembered like setting a time aside a time. She was a teacher. She set aside a time on a Saturday when she felt really, really good. Um, and like had, you know, just gone for a walk or all the things she had breakfast. And then she sat with this muffin and a cup of nice coffee and her journal. And she 
ate it slowly, mindfully. Like she wrote how she was feeling before allowing herself to have the, the muffin. She wrote about how it actually tasted, what she was feeling during, what she was feeling after. Um, and that was a really, really important process for her. And then slowly as she started to trust herself that she could eat those foods without spiraling out of control the rest of the day, then we started introducing and exposing other foods. And this is like, a, they call it like habitualizing or normalizing these foods they, to get them off of the pedestal and you know, just into normal life. It's no longer this big deal to have, like we had cookie butter ice cream in your yeah. fridge, you know, like it's just no longer a big deal. You forget it's there, which I never thought would be possible. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's so possible to forget that candy, ice cream, that chips, whatever your fear food, no stop food is, you totally forget it's even in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. So I guess if you guys listening, like relate to any of those things, know that these, that like that last supper mentality that, you know, going all, you know, just all crazy real quick, because the next day is going to be better. Um, that just comes, that's just like, that's, that mindset and those behaviors are a result of the scarcity. And like, I would also like to mention that, you know, going, thinking back to like my, you know, growing up and stuff, like we, it's not like, you know, there wasn't food. It just wasn't the food. It was like, you know, the clean, like I'm trying to think the early, I know we're different ages, <laughs> But like when I was growing up, so I was born in 98 and like the 2000, I would say like what the 2000s, like mm -hmm. 2000 to 2010 was like the low fat, like yeah, of what, I, and it did, it could be packaged. It could be processed as heck, but as long as there's no fat in it and it's uh -huh. like, okay. So, so there was a lot of that kind of food, a lot of, um, like more diet foods, I remember my friends, you know, would make comments like you guys have nothing in the house. Like you guys have egg white. Like my friends used to make love them to death, but they're like, you have beans and eggs, egg whites, mm -hmm. not even regular eggs. And I used to be super like insecure about it. Cause I'm like, well, I don't buy the food. I'm freaking 12 years old. Right? Yeah. So it's not like we didn't have access to food. It was just that there were, there were foods that were just not allowed in the house. Mm -hmm. And so when these, you know, eating ineffective eating behavior started kicking in. It was always the, it was never, you know, the food that was, well, it got to the point where, well, if I can't have those foods, I'm just going to find some freaking oatmeal. Like what? Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and so it's just looking back, just knowing that that's okay. And that, you know, you, I didn't really have control over those things. Like you probably didn't have control over those things. And like, that's okay. Um, and then it's just about like moving forward. And so I guess we can kind of start talking about like what it looks like to start trusting yourself. Um, so one of the things was obviously leaving food on the plate. And for me, I, it's weird. Like the other day we went out to this, oh, you've been there. Holy cow. The burger place. Yeah. Yeah. So great burger place. It's lovely. And I literally ate half of the burger and I was like, and I was full I had my fries, like it was lovely. Um, and I'm looking at my plate and I was like, oh, like, and I, I physically like moved the plate forward just cause like, that was like my signal to be, I'm done. Um, but I ate half of it and Josh was like, wow, like, what are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm full. Like I'm satisfied. I'm good. And I hadn't, 
really realized like really how much has changed because there was a time like I would say even a year ago I would have a burger and fries and an appetizer and a drink and just be mm-hmm. like I'm I could eat like let's go eat like we haven't eaten yep um and so part of it I think is just like a lot knowing that physical like whether it's you know leaving the food on the plate it signals something in the brain like this is okay like I'm full I'm satisfied I got my nutrients in like this can I can save this for later and I did I had it for lunch the next day I think that like there's a couple other pieces like it's so true. That was actually a huge part of mine too. Uh, it was really interesting. My friend Keely had come out to visit and she was the one who's just like, I would watch her and she was always leaving a bite behind. And I was just like, that's really interesting. I don't know how to do that. Like it was stressful yeah. for me to leave the tiniest, like even if it was a piece of spinach behind, it was just like, no, I have to eat all of it. Yeah. And just kind of, so that practice is really, really big, making sure people understand that it's not us um, depriving ourselves and being like, no, I can only eat until I'm 80%, you know, full or whatever else, definitely eating enough. It's literally just leaving a bite behind so that you remind yourself that you do have food abundance that you can always have more later. I think you and I both like say that that phrase is really, really important. I can have this later. I can have more of this in an hour, in three hours, tonight, tomorrow morning, I can have it whenever I want. That's the whole point of unconditional permission with food and getting out of that last supper mentality. And that, that is a huge practice, but the other thing, and I know, you know, this in order to build trust with your body, you have to start eating enough. You have to start eating enough food, balanced meals, at regular consistent times throughout the day. And so when someone's first starting to like break out of that dieting um, mentality, they're first starting to like heal their relationship with food. The first step is to start eating at regular intervals. Like even if you're not hungry, like especially if you don't know what hunger and fullness feels like, the only way to start getting that back, that gentle hunger, not ravenous hunger is to start making sure you have breakfast, then eating, you know, every three to four hours, even if you're not really hungry in that moment so that your, your body can start trusting you also making sure you're sleeping enough so that your hunger and fullness hormones can start becoming balanced. Like if you're not taking care of your basic needs, like your body will be screaming for nutrients. And I think that this is a huge reason why, like, there's a whole bunch of like fitness influencers who do these ginormous cheat days, right? Like, um, they'll do like the 10,000 calorie, you know, challenges. And there are these like little girls who are able to just put away food. And a lot of it is because a, they're super restrictive throughout the rest of the week. They are not feeding their bodies enough and their body, their leptin levels, which is your satiety hormone has just dropped. Like, so they feel like a bottomless pit. They have so much physical hunger and mental hunger because they've told themselves they can't have this for so long that you can just eat and eat and eat and just not feel satisfied. Yeah. And I think I would say I, so I, I'm a nurse and I, you know, I used to work crazy shifts and it was very difficult then. I, I was still trying to heal my relationship with food during that time but it was hard. Like Mm -hmm. I, I remember talking to my dietitian and like, you know, it's like, well, how do I stop binge eating? Like, how do I stop doing this? How do I stop doing that? And she's like, 
we are not having this conversation. Like you have to eat normally. Like you have to eat regular times. You have to, your body has to, it really comes down to like, your body has to know without you, like telling it that there are not going to be any famines anymore. Like there's never going to be a time when I'm going to let you get to like the one to zero hunger, you know, scale. And you're just, you feel like you're just going to go ballistic. Now there are times when I get uncomfortably hungry and I'm like, okay, wait, that was, yeah, back it up a little bit, go grab some food. And you know, the next time I'll try to, you know, be in tune more, but like, I I was trying to do all of these other things like, you know, well, should I eat this or should I eat this? Should I have the, I always, we always talk about the bread, the sourdough bread or the Dave's killer bread. Like we're not going to have that conversation if you're not eating at regular times. Yep. We aren't going to have the conversation of like, you know, the macronutrient, you know, just like the, the balanced plate method. If you're not even eating at regular times, because there is no plate. If you're not eating at regular times, you're in the car, you're, you know, running into a Starbucks and you realize, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in 10 hours and you grab, you know, a muffin or whatever. And it's like, we can't have those conversations of like optimizing your health and talking about, I guess, more of like the scientific stuff until those basic needs are met. And, and really I haven't, I wasn't able to leave the food on the plate, go to ice cream, have those things in my house until I met those basic, like Maslow hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And, And that's huge. And people want to look like, this is, this is not like, uh, unique people want to look elsewhere. They want the external, like we talk about the iceberg, like they want the meal plan. They want the, mm-hmm. they want the exercise routine. They want people to tell them what to do. They want all the external things. They'll go by the dumbbells, whatever, but it's like, let's look inward. Let's see what your day-to-day looks like. The habits over time, the, how much sleep you're getting, like, that's what it really does come down to. And there have been times, like, I remember like two months ago, I was having weird hunger problems and mm-hmm. it was really for like, I'm not kidding you guys, like a weekend. And I was like, Kelsey, what the heck? And you're like, okay, like, have you eaten? Like, have you, have you made your, like prepared some meals? How's your sleep? Like, those are the things that you're going to, you're not like, well, how many calories are you eating? You know, how yeah. much it's not those things. It's, it's all the other things. It, it, it's that building that foundation, which is why like we really do. It is a step-by-step process to healing this relationship with food and your body allowing your body to trust that it will be nourished, that it will be fed at regular intervals. And then once those basic needs are met, and then we can start introducing and doing that exposure therapy and like normalizing these other quote unquote forbidden fear, no stop foods. And it just, it is a process like that. And I want people to just start recognizing, like, if you're starting this journey, if you let yourself have one of those fear foods or you binge or whatever else, the only way that you can get this pendulum to stop swinging is for you on your next meal to just have your next meal. How many of us, like the problem is we binge. And so what we do is we overcorrect, right? We over restrict. We, we don't let allow ourselves to have breakfast the next day, or we don't eat the next day, or we over exercise the next day, or we purge or whatever else we're doing all these behaviors to compensate or make up for it, which is causing the pendulum to swing completely the opposite way. And so again, guys, the next, like the best thing you can do, you you can't just stop the binges, but you can stop the over restriction. 
You yeah. absolutely can. I know, know it's super scary. And knowing that will take, like, I, I just, it, it's just time. And like, I just remember thinking, oh, this, like, I give it like nine months. This will be fine in nine months or whatever, 12 months, it'll be fixed. And it's like, this is an ongoing process. Like last mm-hmm. weekend, I, um, I was trying to think it was a day that I would, we, you know, woke up late. We went and saw a movie. We did all these like really fun things. It was a great day, but I didn't feel, I had those, like that sense of like, ugh, like we just had, you know, none of the meals were cooked at home. Like we spent the whole day out and that's fine, but like, it doesn't necessarily make me feel the best. And, and I will say like, this is all an awareness thing. And then also wrapped in compassion. Like there is a side mm-hmm. of my brain that still was like, oh my gosh, like you ate out for all of your meals. What the heck? And, and I'm like, yeah, this is like my rational brains. Like, yeah, I did. And I had a great time with my husband and we, you know, went and saw a movie and it's like, oh, well, you know, you're hungry now, but you ate all day. Are you, are you really going to have something, you know, tonight to round off the night? And it's like, yeah, I'm hungry. I know that in the morning I will be ravenous if I don't have something and I don't nourish my body and screw you food police. Bye-bye. Like, and, and I think that people may look at, you know, people that are like healing their relationship with food and think those thoughts don't exist. Like, no, they, they can still like, there's that diet culture mentality, whether you scroll on Instagram and see it, or somebody says something at a restaurant or, you know, your friend says something, whatever, but it's just having that awareness of like, yeah, those are things that I used to like live into. I would just be like, yeah, I shouldn't eat that. No, I shouldn't eat that. And then the next day I would have a binge episode to be like, wait, why did that happen? Well, like, let's look back at the last 12 hours. <laughs> It's so crazy. Like, and it it is this mental restriction of just being like, I can't have that or I, or, and this is where a lot of people get stuck. And I want to make sure that we talk about this too, is like, oh, I, I, cause I hear this all the time. Oh yeah. I let myself have cookies. Oh yeah. I let myself have the birthday cake, but I can only have one or I, I, I should only have like two cookies. If I have more than two cookies, now I'm, you know, now I'm out of control. Now I'm going to get fat. Like guys, I need you to recognize that like you, 
like that mental restriction of like, I can only have this is creating more scarcity is creating that craving and that desire, make it even stronger, like, or, oh yeah, I can have this, but I can't have the full fat version, or I can't have the full sugar version or, you know, whatever it is like recognize those little like restrictions. And they, they may even be subconscious food rules that you have. And I promise you, like, until you start addressing some of those things and allowing it, giving yourself that unconditional permission, recognizing that you can like have a little, you know, you can always have more later. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you're a failure. Like that is the thing that we need. And, and this has been huge for um, a couple, like one of my clients, I'm going to be doing a live interview with her next week, but Becca's just been doing so, so well. Like she, and it's just this mindset shift. She's like, I can't get over it. This one shift in my mindset has changed everything. All of a sudden I'm able to go out to eat and have Thai food and bring leftovers home. And it's totally fine. Like I don't have to eat it all there. She threw away ice cream. They went out for ice cream and she, she's like, I threw away ice cream. What the heck? But I, I was full and I was done. I just, I didn't want anymore. Like it, so it was over or like, I threw away French fries. She's like, what is happening to me? And, and it's not because yourself out. You're like, is this me? is this me? Like, what's going on? Like, I remember you saying certain things like, like, I'm just not that hungry. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, this is, I never thought that this would be possible. Like I'm feeling that quote unquote normal around food where you'd watch people and they'd be like, yeah, I'm done. And they push it away. You're just like, how, how do you just do that? How do you not eat past fullness? Like when it's certain foods and it's because they don't have this scarcity mindset around food anymore. And it's not that she's like doing this. She's like, no, I can only have this many French fries. It's not like that at all. She's just like, I can have as many French fries as I want. But then the question is, but do I even really want them? Like, it's a totally, it's, but it's a different question that you're asking. It's a totally different question. Yeah. It's not like I, am I allowed to have this? It's like, well, do I really want them? And I think going along with like Becca, like it's, and there, there is a point like when you do allow and it's different for everyone but that like unconditional permission people just think they're gonna go haywire like they're just mm-hmm. shit will hit the fan if they if they you know like if that is what they allow themselves to do and and I would say you know there is going to be potentially a period of time where you've gone so long whether it's mental restriction or physically you would never let them you know physical restriction like there will be periods of time when you're like, this is so no- like new. Oh my gosh. That, that feeling of like euphoric feeling, I don't know. Um, and that's just part of it. And then over time, it just, it will lessen and lessen and your body will be like, Oh, like I can throw away. Yeah. Like I threw away ice cream the other day too. And I was like, Whoa, that's weird. Like mm-hmm. those types of things start happening. And I think there's, there's a side of it's like, well, when's the shoe going to drop? Like, is this not real? And it's like, no, this is what it looks like when you trust, when your body trusts you and you trust your body and you know that it's going to like, like, it's not out to sabotage you. It's not out to like be your worst enemy. And that it's kind of that like oneness, like mind body connection type stuff. It's that so it, great. you just think it's not possible. And then it's, it is possible. <laughs> it is. And one thing I, I did want to make sure again, talking about Becca, like 
Hi, Becca, if you're listening, but she did come up and she was like, she wrote in there, she's like, I got my money's worth. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing that so often having that fear or scarcity around food, there's such a connectedness to that fear and scarcity around money. Like where you, like, I paid for this. So I want to get my money's worth. I need to eat everything, even if it's past fullness, because I paid for it and recognizing that you're not paying for the quantity or the amount of food you are paying for the experience. Right. And so just recognizing that, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave my food experiences feeling uncomfortably full and just feeling just kind of lethargic and not feeling really like good. I want to leave my experiences feeling satisfied, feeling like I was able to order exactly what I wanted in the moment and just having energy throughout the rest of my day. And that happens when I just eat till satisfaction. And that also happens when you're eating slowly, mindfully, you're actually tasting the food. You're not like eating and scarfing it down with all this like shame and guilt as the side, you know? <laughs> um, so it's... <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's let that one go. Let's, that's not helpful. And I think also like going, like paying for the experience. I think that like this abundance versus scarcity mindset thing can trickle into other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember, you know, thinking, well, if I bought the most expensive thing on the menu, well, I'm going to eat it all. And that's going to be like the most, you know, it's maybe the quantity is going to be bigger. So I'm going to feel fuller. And it's like, okay, let's think about that for a second. Um, but those types of things can seep into like your money mindset and all of these other areas of your life of like, is this abundant? Like, are you going to have, it's always going to be there, like the money thing, or is it just like that scarcity? Like, I'm never going to have enough. Um, and I think as you start healing, you know, one area of your life, other areas also. Oh massively like even for like watching you over these past I, I guess it's almost been seven or almost seven months like just watching you not only like the little things like you've healed your relationship with food I know your relationship with your husband has also improved like your relationship with money and like you the amount of budgeting even your fingernails you stopped biting your fingernails I know that nobody can see this but dude, they're beautiful. I got them done yesterday. Like the lady was like, Oh, like, are these your, you know, do you want to keep this length? And she's like, I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I I'm so excited to get my nails in right now because I used to bite the crap out of my nails. Like, mm -hmm. no, I'm so excited. It it, oh. But like, pe like, it's not just this one singular thing. And I know yesterday unrelated, like we were kind of talking like, you know, some people just want the workout routine and don't want to heal the relationship with food. And some people mm -hmm. like you think that it's going to be one thing, but it's actually going to change everything. Like yeah. the way that you feel about yourself, the way that you look at others, the way you treat others, like how you handle everything, like that will change when you actually make that commitment to like, not give up on yourself, to show up for yourself. Um, and it's 100% worth it, even though sometimes it's very painful. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is like, just kind of like as a last little thing I, on yesterday's coaching call, Michelle's been working with me for well over two and a half years now. And it was really interesting, like talking to her yesterday, she was talking about like her big rocks and how now she, her mentality, like 
when she first started working with me, she was on keto. She was constantly thinking about food, constantly thinking about how she could make separate meals for her and then her family. And then like what kind of workouts to be doing. And she was just so frustrated and never felt good enough in her skin. And like, she'd go to social events and it was all she could think about was the buffet table and blah, blah, blah. And like, it was just fascinating for us to like watch and realize that now, now that all of her, like her habits of self-care her habits of like of date nights, her habits of taking care and having time with her children, her habits of like meal prep. And now she doesn't, food is just not even like a thing. She doesn't even think about it at all. Now, all of those things that that foundation is set. And now what she has is she has the open headspace to now think about all these bigger life visions that are on her vision board, like all these trips that she's trying to get done. Um, she's working to like hike a 14er, a couple of 14ers in Colorado this summer. Like she is able to put that time, effort and energy and attention onto the bigger things that she loves, that she's always wanted to because she's no longer bogged down by obsessively thinking about food or exercise or, or her body. And it's just like, this is what is possible when we get out of this scarcity with food, you get to live a life of your purpose, your mission. You get to actually like build skills and talents and, and learn things that, that are really important to you and live a life that is so much more meaningful. Yep. And that's what I know we want for you. Yeah. I, my gardening experience comes to mind. Yeah. I yes. started a garden and I, I genuinely, when I was out there the other day, like hands in the soil, just like weeding and all these things like I realized I would not be able to, I wasn't able to do any of those types of things like you're not going to be able to do any of those types of things if you can't care for yourself like if you can't feed yourself and nourish yourself and be kind like none of those things are going to happen um, but once you start tackling those things like yeah you get life is so much brighter like life is in color life is not this black and white um, and it's it's truly beautiful so we hope that you guys enjoyed this. I think it's kind of a complex topic. We kind of talk about all of these things all at once in other various forms. Um, but if you haven't really heard anything about this, then I guess this is your awareness moment. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and that like, it's okay if wherever you're at, like whatever position you're at in life, like this, it's okay. Um, and to just start kind of focusing on meeting those basic needs and, and then you can start working on the other things, um, like, you know, challenge, like using the exposure therapy, doing those, the harder things. Um, but those things will be much harder if you're not taking care of yourself. I promise I've done it. <laughs> it's, it's so um, true. Oh my yeah. gosh. This was a great conversation. Mm -hmm. I really hope, like, I really just want to put it out there guys. Like if this is something where you're just like, how do I get out of this scarcity mentality? How do I get out of this like pendulum swing of like where I'm restricting, I'm dieting, and then I'm just losing control. I really want to get to a place where I can build trust with my body, where I can listen and understand what my body is telling me as far as hunger and fullness and, and not have certain foods, like feel like they have control over me. If that's you, like, please, I, I would love to actually just have a, a call with you. I, I, it's a strategy session. I would love to help you break through some of this stuff. And so if you will leave a link in the description, but um, just go to www.rediscoveryoufree.com slash call. Um, and that will just link to my calendar and you and I can just hop on a call one-on-one. -on -one. I would love to break this down with you because I, 
this freedom, this food freedom, and where you are able to like put your time attention into the bigger, better, more amazing things that is your life experience is possible for you. And I would love to help you with that. Yeah. And we will also leave our social media handles as well as a link to, um, Kelsey, the rediscover you free live training. You Mm -hmm. don't want to miss out on that. Um, and then if you guys can subscribe to our channel so that you guys are notified, turn the little notification bell on. Um, I know on Spotify, it's like that, but please leave, um, a review if you enjoy the podcast so that it can get exposed to more people. And also if you guys can share it with somebody like family members, friends, coworkers, whatever it may be, we appreciate it more than, you know. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're always, and if there's any topics or anything you want us to cover, please DM us, let us know. Um, and we will be trying to release a new episode every single Tuesday. Tuesday. And I'm just going to say this because now I'm going to do it. We are going to create a Google form so that you guys can put your questions. Ooh. Yes. So I'm saying it so that I have to commit to it really quick. Um, Just so if you guys have certain topics or certain questions, um, we can answer it. And if you want to be anonymous, you may do so as well. Um, But other than that, have a good rest of your week and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye guys. Bye.